and what a great tune and what a great band seether that that one uh, obviously the nirvana cover something in the way from the brand new deluxe edition of the unbelievably 20 years ago release disclaimer and here to talk about this reissue is the bass player and one of the original guys from the band seether mr dale stewart dale how are you man good man how's it going it's good to speak to you man i as i'm sure you heard us saying right before we got started man I cannot even believe that it's been 20 years since we got introduced to Seether, man. It just doesn't seem like it's been that long, no? I know. It's, I don't know where the time went, man. Uh, I feel like just the other day we were on a plane coming to the States, just, you know, wondering how this is all going to pan out. Uh, you know, snap your fingers. It's 20 years later, and, you know, somehow we're still doing it, and we're still, <laughs> still somewhat relevant. Um, that's crazy, man. But, uh, it's been a hell of a 20 years, man. It's, um, it's, you know, I've, we have a lot to be thankful for, for sure. Absolutely. Well, um, Dale, I, I, I want to start here. I want to go actually before this record came out and it's, it, you know, it's for anybody that doesn't know, which is basically only people that are not fans of Seether yet, you know, you guys are not American. You came from South Africa and the thing that I'll give you guys more credit than any amount of records you ever sold or any show you ever played to bet on you on yourselves without any anything just wanting to come to the states take your shot that is a ballsy move like nobody makes man that's that is so impressive man what was it that made you guys make that trip and believe that that the success was there if you just made that that move yeah i mean you know i, I think we you, I think we're cautiously optimistic, uh, but, you know, we, we did have belief in ourselves. Um, you know, we, we're proud of the music we're making and, you know, it's, we kind of almost reached a plateau uh, in South Africa. Uh, the music scene there, or at least the rock side of things is only so big. Um, and I, I feel like we kind of climbed that hill pretty quickly and there wasn't really anywhere for us to go or to grow. And we thought, well, you know, if we want to keep doing this, um, you know, we need to go abroad. Uh, either like, uh, you know, our first choice was the States. We're like, man, we've got to go to the States. But if we can't get in there, because it's, it's quite a hard place to get into the, you know, sure. visas and all that. So we're like, well, maybe we could go to Australia or the UK or something. And we're just kind of brainstorming, just trying to get out and get into a larger, um, you know, play for a larger audience. Sure. Um, but yeah, we got interest from a, a label out of New York City, Wind Up Records. Um, oh, yeah. As people would know, Creed and sure. Um, Seven Dust Seven at Essence, the time. You know, yeah. Finger Eleven, Drowning Pool. You know that. Right. Um, there are a lot of great bands. Um, but yeah, they were like, "Hey, we, you know, we've, you know, we heard you guys demo you sent us. We think you guys are great. We'd love to meet you and." Uh, we came over, met them, played a showcase, and they pretty much signed us on the spot. And um, we're like, "This is it. This is our, this is our foot in the door." And we sure. we came right over. It was two thousand two. We came over and started recording disclaimer. And um, yeah, man, it's yeah. Uh, we, you know, it helps though too. You know, being young and hungry. Um, it would be, you know, I feel like the older you get and <laughs> the more sort of responsibilities you have in life. You know, it's it gets harder to just throw all your eggs in this one basket and say, Hey, as a Hail Mary, we're going to go for it. And sure. Give up everything for this dream. And, and, but we we're kids, man. I was, 
I was 21, Sean was 22, and we said, hey, what the hell, let's, let's go for it. We'll go over right. there, and, and um, we're just going to give it everything, man. And, and we did, and it panned out, you know. The, right. No, the, it definitely, it definitely landed, did. So. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, I lived, I lived in Korea with the military for two and a half years. So I, I've, I've done the living out of the country and, and it's hard to explain this to people. And I'm sure you'll, you'll understand this question right away. It's not just going somewhere else. It's real. It's learning everything, yeah. how to get around, how the traffic works, how yeah. the, you know, how to order food, what what words don't mean the same things in your language to their language. Right. I mean, there's so much transition that goes on when you make a jump like that. How much – now, you guys were, were you know, obviously young, so you could adapt quickly, but how right. difficult was that piece? Obviously, you knew how to make music, but everything else that you had to do at that point, you had no idea how to do, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's – um the the main thing that that changes when you immigrate like that is well the, the biggest thing is is the culmination of all the small things mm -hmm. like ah oh, let's let's go to the store and buy some beer and, and you know it's the first thing we did we got there and we're like man we're out of our depth like we don't we don't know where we are people talk funny they're right on the wrong side of the road we said hey let's just go to the store we we'll buy some beers let's we'll catch a buzz we'll celebrate what beer do we drink I don't know. Like I've heard of Budweiser. I saw it in a movie. Well, yeah, I guess we'll try that. <laughs> what cigarettes do we smoke? I don't know. Like what the plugs in the walls are funny, you know, like everything, right. Everything's a little different. And, um, you know, it was, it was quite daunting and, and quite, uh, quite scary, but at the same time, unbelievably exciting, you know, it was this adventure and, you know, as, as much as it was a culture shock and was different at the same time, it was, almost strangely familiar because you know american culture sort of permeates the rest of the the world right um you know through movies and, and music and television and things like that um so growing up watching like you know knight rider and um, <laughs> macgyver and you know whatever you know fresh prince of ballet and you know whatever other shows right we watch as teenagers and things and um so you and you watch these movies and you're like oh i know that that's you know that's the you know there's the world trade center buildings or you know those sure. are still there that, that's how long ago it was when we first came over to the state to the states but um oh i know that that's you know that's uh tower records or mm -hmm. um you know oh that that's burger king you know that's Dude, a good I, place to eat because I, so, so and so in this movie ate there you know so I, in a weird way we we kind of knew it was somewhat familiar. Sure. I, I know. I, I, again, I'm using my own story, but I, I, I learned how to speak, not fluent Korean, but good enough Korean from watching TV, from watching, I was watching Moonlighting. I still remember the show. It was Moonlighting okay. with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and the, and, um, and, and, and the girl, whatever her name was. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of her name. Yeah. I can't think of her name, but I just remember I, I watched it as a kid with my mom and dad. So I knew what they were saying. Okay. So when I heard it translated into Korean, I sat there watching it and was like, okay, well, that's how he said that he wants food at this restaurant. So right. put that in the bank. You know? It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's the easiest way to learn because you don't, you don't realize, you don't realize you're learning. 
you know, you're, just, you're just kind of soaking it in. My, my wife loves those Korean uh, soap operas, and well, right. they're not really soap operas. You know, on Netflix they got like a bunch of like Squid Game you know, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Squid Game, things like that, and you know, a bunch of other ones. And every night we go to bed, and she's got those on, and I'm like, you don't even know what they're saying. And, <laughs> yeah, but she's like, no, it's great. I love, I love it. Right it, it was a Sybil yeah, Shepherd, by the way. Sybil Shepherd. There we go. Right, now, I got a question for you. Um, you know, Chris and I argue about this all the time recently, especially. You know, the era that you know this album came out was fantastic for rock music. Yeah. And it seems to me, anyways, and I don't know whether it's rock radio or the bands themselves. But it seems like things have changed as far as rock music today goes. And, you know, I'm tired of hearing about the Taylor Swifts and the crap that's out there now with this garbage pop stuff. What happened with rock music? Is it the radio? Is it the the kids? Is it the music itself? Um, It's hard to say. Uh, it was definitely a great time when, when we came to the States. There's so many good bands. And one of the first tours we did was OzFest. Yeah, I mean, the lineup was just insane, you know, mm -hmm. just great music all day. Um, I don't know if it's... you don't see that now, though. You do, you don't see the Ozfest and you know, the, the stuff like you used to see. I just don't see it like I used to, especially around here. Maybe it's again, I don't know if it's the radio not giving it to play or what. Do you guys lose me? Um, there he is. There he is. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm just a jaded old bastard, but I know I definitely feel like music is a little bit um it just feels a little uninspired you know yeah. I, I feel like i almost feel like it's everything feels like it's been done um everyone's just kind of going through the motions mm -hmm. seems like and I, i'm not sure why that is i don't know if it's because rock is maybe has taken a bit of a back seat um you know when i was growing up rock music and metal that that was like dangerous Mm -hmm. and it was edgy and cool and um and i feel like almost like hip-hop has taken taken that place now sure. hip-hop music is now edgy and dangerous and they're, they're singing about you know you know Party. being criminal or you right. know sure loose women and, and everything else and um and i almost feel like rocks almost got a little bit safe and uh, i'm not sure exactly why that is um i don't know if that plays a role um I don't know if maybe the, you know, the internet, you know, plays a role where it's so easy to um, just stream music and, and, and basically download music illegally. So um, I don't know if maybe the incentives is gone for people to really put their heart and soul out there. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I do agree with you. I, I think, I mean, there, there's still good stuff that comes out. Sure. I just don't think it comes out in the same kind of volume as it, as it used to. And again, I don't know if that's because I'm old and and, and jaded. I think I'm right there with if, you. If it's I think it's not as much good stuff. I think well, I'm right there with you. I think I'm just getting too old for this this sure. scene that's out there right now. I miss the good rock stuff. I miss your guys' albums and yeah, I mean, that, that kind of yeah, stuff. I just I loved it. So. Well, I did too. Yeah. Like like I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a kid. You know, I mean, I love '80s music, and but I'm, I'm very much a '90s kid. You know, I was a teenager in the '90s. You know, for the most part, and um. It was just such a formative time for me, and, and I just related so much to the music that was coming out. And the music was so good in the '90s. I felt well, the rock music, at least, yeah, sure. And it was honest, and it was good, and it was it was different, and it was mm -hmm. um, it was just something cool. And and um, and even though it was, you know, the 
the whole sort of the nineties was mostly like the grunge thing. But even though there were all these bands that were kind of part of that scene, they were all so different. You know, it's not like oh, all these these bands in this scene, they all kind of sound like that. It's it really wasn't the case, you know, like right. a, you know, right. like a, a a Pearl Jam sounded very different to like a Stone Temple Pilots or or a you know, I mean there was such to a sound garden to a, I mean mm-hmm. it, all these bands were lumped into this category which they were completely different bands and sure. But there was just such a depth and a wealth of, of creativity and music that, that was coming out. I don't know why that was. I don't know. Right. I don't Let me know why float- it seems like that's kind of gone away now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me float this idea by you too, Dale, because this is one of the main reasons I think that rock music is kind of gone away. And it's it's because I and and I don't want you to say anything bad because I know you guys play these kind of shows, but yeah. I really think that the the growth of the big packages, the the two three day fifty band packages, has hurt everybody but the headliners, because you know, for like a like a band like like Seether as an example, if you go and play Sonic Temple, just throwing one out there, if you go and play that, well now. A, you're playing to everybody else's fans with just a smaller amount of your own fans instead right. of a show, you know, even if it was a show with 2,000, 3,000 people, whatever it is, of just either fans. So you lose you lose a little bit of the connection on that level. And then right. the other problem is then there's always that radius clause that you all have in your contracts where right. if you play Columbus, you can't play Cleveland or Cincinnati or Detroit or, you know, so you so lose large parts. Yeah. Yeah, you lose large pockets of your own audience. And I get it. It's how it's how you have to do it to survive. But I really think it's taken a lot of the loyalty away from but from the the connection. I mean, from between the band and the fan base that it builds. Do you yeah. agree? Uh to a point. To okay. a point I agree. Um, you know, it's um it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a fan and especially you know, after the whole COVID thing and, you know, it's just that, you know, things are a little harder, the inflation, everything, you know, it's, you you know, the dollar doesn't go as far. So sure. if you're like, oh, I've got this, you know, hundred, couple hundred bucks, you know, as my sort of entertainment concert budget, you know, what am I going to do? Can I go see this one band who's playing, you know, at this venue or do I buy this ticket? I can go to this festival for like two, three days. Um, and I can see like seven or eight bands that I really want to see and maybe discover some new bands. Right. And then as the bands, you know, especially as the younger bands, you know, the, the big guys are the main draw. They bring all the, bring the people in. Mm-hmm. And then as like a baby band, you get to jump on and play in front of people that would never come to see you or, or maybe you didn't know about you and you can, you can win some new fans. Sure. And, you know, get get in front of, you know, people who don't know you. So it is kind of double-edged sword because it, it does take away from, because now those people like, okay, well, I've, that was my, my budget. I went to the big show. I got to see all these bands. Yeah. So now I'm not going to go to the, the show down the way when they, when see this back in town playing. So it does take away, but you are in a position where you can make new fans. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to kind of weigh the weigh the two against each other. It's a kind of a double-edged sword in, right. in, in a sense, I think. 
you know, the business is just weird right now. <laughs> it really it is, is just yeah, weird. It's, it, it's all changed because you know, again, it's um, you can get on, you can get online and just, you know, you can get all your buddies over to your house and you can pull up a live concert on YouTube. Yeah. Of, yeah. of this band that you love, and you can sit there and drink beer for free, and not have to queue, you know, to take a leak. Right, right, right. And hang out. With, and again, it's, it's not the same. I mean, it's not the same as being there in in, in person. It's loud and the sounds and and there's girls and you know everything else. But um, but yeah, I, I think that that's another part of it. You know, it's so many people. I think kind of live online now largely and mm -hmm. COVID made that even worse because we we're forced to do that. But I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just stay home and, you know, mess around online instead of going out in the real world, you know, yeah. not even going to a concert, going on a real date, you know, that's true. I mean, I'll just, I'll just order Grubhub and then yeah, you know, I don't go to sporting I'll, events now because of that. I also instead of going to an actual football game or yeah. baseball game, I'd rather watch it on TV with my big TV and my cold exactly. beer for free. Just rather watch <laughs> for a couple it. of bucks. Yeah, and it's it's easy to do it now. Like you can you can watch anything streaming mm -hmm. live online, any music, any sports event. It's like you don't have to leave the. I mean, you should leave the house because it's should. Healthy. Yeah, <laughs> and it it's sucks. fun to actually go to the real thing. <laughs> Yeah, right. a lot of people are you guys touring or anything? What's going on? Where it's safe and it's cheap. And are you guys touring or anything? Um, not at the moment. Um, we are busy looking at um, a possible European tour coming up. Okay. Um, we just kind of uh, working out the details of that. Uh, that'll be kind of middle of next year. Um, but yeah, right now we just um, we just uh, you know kind of starting to think about making making some new material um starting to think about a new album okay. um, which we need to get out at some point uh yeah so and then you know just focusing on some family time and that um you know just uh i feel like the older you get you you start realizing wow you know the time at home with the family is important especially when you've spent most of your life on a bus um, right, riding around the countryside, getting drunk, like you know, <laughs> not remembering, you know, half your right. Do you do you and look at you, that? You, you wake up one and you're like, oh, hell, no, I missed a lot. Like, maybe we should, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should spend a bit of time at home with the family. And, and, you know, right on. <laughs> do you look at that Metallica tour and say, man, that's what we need to do? Play on the weekends. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and you know we, we we've done that too and. Also, you know, now we're a bit older, I think. I mean, we very much, you know, we, we still love playing and, and touring and all that. It's just we, we're we just doing it a little bit more selectively now. So um, we have had, you know, in recent years, those kind of tours where, okay, we're going to, like, play a weekend and then, <coughs> excuse me, we'll play a weekend and then, uh, you know, go home for three, four days. Right. Um, you know, see the wife and the kids and um, then, all right, honey, cool. Get back on a plane, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come home again. Um, and I mean, it's a lot of flying, you know, which is inconvenient and whatnot. But I mean, it's so nice just being home for those couple of days and sleeping sure. in your bed and, you know, seeing the, seeing the, your families and stuff. So um, I think, I think that's the way to do it. I either do that weekend stuff or even do like, 
I do like a week on and then like two weeks off. Right. You know, so do like a week on, two weeks off. Um, the, the only thing is, you know, touring like that, and that's why, um, you know, younger bands don't really do that because it, it costs a lot of money to tour like that. Right. Um, and, you know, so you need to kind of be established, you know, or at least making good, you know, good, you know, good money to, to be able sure. to do that because every day off is, is, is money. Yeah. Every, every time you fly out, it's not just the band. It's, you know, a dozen crew guys um, that you need to fly out. You know, they need hotel rooms. You know, you need buses. Food. You need to fuel these buses with diesel, which is not cheap. Right. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of overhead. And every day you're not playing, there's still that same overhead. But, you know, there's nothing coming in. So um yeah so the days off in between are nice especially if it's an extended period like a week or two but um yeah they do uh it does add up cost-wise but sure I, I don't know if one can really put a price on that you know when it comes to your longevity and your sanity and and just you know time with the family and time at home right exactly well dale let me swing it back around to disclaimer because <laughs> we we need to promote this record since that is the whole reason yeah, that's called. Right here. <laughs> you know i I am I'm always fascinated with bands with their first record when their first record does really well. Do and if you remember this and you, probably you don't but I'm going to ask anyway. Do you remember when you knew that you had something special with Disclaimer? Was it while you were recording it? Was it okay, we feel good about it, but it wasn't until you saw reaction from fans and shows? Was it Ozfest? I mean, what was it where you really were like Holy shit, this is a lot bigger than we thought we were going to do. Um, I don't know if there was any one moment. Um, certainly when we were recording it, I mean, we're like, wow, this is really sounding great. And, you know, we're so proud of the work we're doing. But again, that's not, you know, one's not always a very good objective, you know, voice. <laughs> right. Because, you know, you're so close to the material and you're so bonded to it emotionally and you can't always remove yourself and and you know and and look at it you know subjectively and and you know so naturally we're like oh we love it you know we made it and, and we're proud of it um you know but you know we, we relied on the opinions of like the record label and management and, but they, they were all behind it too they're like oh it's sounding good so it gave us a bit more confidence that we were on the right track um but yeah, I'd say maybe, you know, when we started getting, you know, success at radio. Okay. And they were picking it up. Um, and that was quick, right? That was like pretty, pretty, like even before the record was actually out, when the first single floated, it, it did really well, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We normally try, you know, release a single, get, get a bit of buzz going, and then, you know, release the album as that's kind of getting to a decent, you right. know, chart spot on the radio. Um, which helps, you know, helps your sales off the bat. Um, right. But uh, I, I did have one moment that was actually really cool. And, and that that actually did kind of click it. We were playing in Rome and uh, we were on tour with Evanescence. Okay. At the time. And um, we were in Rome and our guitar player, Pat, and myself were walking around and we walked into this little, I want to say it was like a, like a little ice cream shop or something. Okay. And they had like a 
little fridge with beers on it. So I'm like, oh, let's grab some beers. And we went in and this guy turns around. He's like, you guys are Americans. And I'm like, well, he is, you know, I'm, I'm South African. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, nice to meet you. What are you guys doing in Rome? And I guess this guy was living in Rome and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in a band. We're touring. And I was like, no way. That's so cool. He's like, you know, what kind of music? And, you know, we told him, oh, see there. And he's like, what kind of music? And I was trying to explain. And then <laughs> I just kind of heard in, in the back of my head. And I'm like, oh, this is us. And we're playing. Uh, <laughs> bro our, our, our single at the time, Broken, was playing in this little ice cream shop in Rome. Nice. <laughs> while we just so happened while we were talking to this guy. And I'm like, oh, we sound kind of like. Oh, this this is it <laughs> he's like oh i know that song and he's like oh i'm gonna come to the show then and and then i'm like oh that that's actually a trip you know they they played us in rome right even though it was an ice cream shop it was still cool it's you still know, cool hell yeah you know, who knows where else they would have played us exactly but, um, <laughs> but yeah that, that, that was one of those moments that i, I don't know just after you said it, it's kind of popped in my head now sure but, but the, well, there's a series of little things and little um it's little things that happen and, and little, you know, little goals you set for yourself along the way. Right. And, and as you, as you kind of get to tick those boxes, you start realizing, wow, this is, this is pretty cool and, and unique. And we're in a fortunate spot to, you know, be able to, you know, live the stream and, and right. you know, do what we love and, and you know, right make it and make a living doing it doing what you yeah. like that's that's always the best now now dale i i know a zillion musicians and um knowing a, mus a zillion musicians i'm going to ask this one as if it's a definite i'm not going to ask is there i'm going to say there is and i'm going to let you tell me what which one it is which song or songs on disclaimer are there that if you did it again you would do them completely differently whether it's a different arrangement a different bass line You'd change the lyrics. You would do something because I know every one of you guys. You're never satisfied with anything that you do. Um, wow, it's hard to say. Um, I think maybe uh, maybe driven under. Okay, I might change the baseline a little bit on that. Um, Yeah, it's it's hard to think, you know. I normally sure. I, I normally don't think in those terms because I I, sure. I let everything sort of let sleeping dogs lie, and that's okay. That, that's a snapshot of that time. Have you and, changed it live though? Have you changed how you play it live? Yeah, yeah. Live, okay. live we, we live we do kind of um, you know, especially the older songs and, and songs like that. You know, we've played a million times. Sure. Finding is another song we. I mean, it's not different live, but I'll just do something a little different. And Johnny on the drums will do like a different accent, and I'll do a different bass thing over that. And it's it's largely for us just to, you know, make it a little bit fun and different um, live on stage. Because th those older songs, I mean, we've played literally thousands of times, so it's fun to just change it up and make it you know a little bit different, a little bit fun, um, keep it fresh for us on stage. See, that's so, what I was uh, gonna kind of ask. You know, I'm a radio guy, so I'm like a hits guy, <laughs> and you know, I like playing all the hits, and that's what I've done for 20 years. But my wife is more of like a beyond the hits kind of person. Do you guys get annoyed playing all the the, the hits? Do you want to just start playing all the other stuff that the radio <laughs> isn't playing? I mean, do you get annoyed with that? Um, I wouldn't say we get annoyed. It's um, it's definitely one of those things though that um. 
your set list gets dictated by by your singles yeah and um you know so like when we came out of the gate and we were just playing shows and you know garage band and everything our set was like super heavy and we're this really like angry heavy band and um and then you got like the one or two like mellow songs and then you get a record deal and the label's like oh that these two mellow songs those those are going to be those singles because you know radio will play those they, they won't play right. you know um you know the the really crazy the really crazy shit mm-hmm. okay so these are we saying okay so now these two so now these are the two songs that people recognize on the radio you have to play these now then you release another oh well, these these are going to be the singles and it's always the kind of more middle of the road to kind of slow sure. songs you know four or five albums down the road it's all kind of the you know, the kind of metal yeah you stop being in a metal band <laughs> you don't have room for the angry stuff right um, so you guys go, don't like, get to oh, choose that like really chilled and you're like well i mean you know we we have to play with the people you know dance with the one who brought you you know like we have to play the songs that the people want to hear and they've, they've come to see us play live okay. um but we, we you know we, we try work in you know a little bit of everything if we can you know from old singles to new ones and you know we, we do have a bit we do have some sort of up tempo um you know kind of singles as well um you know like fake it and remedy and stuff yeah. like that um but uh but yeah it, it's funny how your your set list changes and then also you know when you know 20 years down the line now it's like okay well we we don't even have time on a normal show to play all our singles it's like right we have to kind of pick which ones yeah. we're not going to play yeah, that's a so real not, tough problem there, Dale. So no, we have too, we have too many hits to play. <laughs> well, that's it's a, it's a good problem to have. It, it, it makes uh, coming up with a set list hard because um, it's like, well, shit, what, what are we not going to play? And, you know, we want to play some new stuff because we have this new album out. But, you know, people, a lot of people are going to want to hear, you know, the old stuff of Disclaimer. And, and you know, um, so, yeah, it becomes a bit challenging. But like you said, it's a good problem to have. So it's... Um, it's no worries, but uh, it's nice to have a large pool like that to, to pick from. You know, if you do want to completely change the set list up, um, you know, we can do that, you know, pretty easily. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, dude, um, real real quick, um, before we before we wrap this up, I did want you to talk uh, quickly about the actual merchandise that people can buy. It's, it's available in January to actually buy it. They can hear it now, which I thought was interesting, that they can hear it on Spotify and probably everywhere else I'm assuming, but, um, but, um, you can buy the merchandise in January. And the reason I'm bringing that up specifically is because unlike everybody else that's put, that puts out these packages, you guys have some awesome looking merch. The merch looks really, it's, it's like a cool set of stuff. It's not just, well, here's the LP, you know, it, it, it really is cool. So talk a little bit about the merch. Yeah, it's, um, the the lp comes out uh january 20th mm-hmm. and you know people can pre-order uh right now um or they can stream it as well and yeah as, as far as i understand with the merch there's um there's like uh you know packages of things that people can get i'm not even sure i need to you know there's like shirts and there's there, there's shirts and there's cds and there's lps right. and there's you know, all the tchotchkes that you would want. I mean, it's, it's right. much bigger than I, than 
most bands that do these deluxe editions, most of the deluxe editions are, well, here's the LP version of it. And here's one extra track. You know, okay. this, this you're getting, first of all, the concert. Now yeah, I'm going to sell it we, for you. The concert is great. <laughs> we, the, we, we put, we put a live concert on there. We, uh, again, it's, it's an old school one from, uh, yeah, 2003, yeah, 2003, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Hampton beach, Hampton beach casino. Uh, so just a proper old school rock show, just loud and sweaty and, and, you know, might be a couple, a couple jazz notes here and there, you know, unintentional <laughs> jazz notes, but it makes it real, man. And, um, and then we, we also put on a, uh, a, a copy of, um, a cover that we did or that Sean did of, uh, Nirvana's something in the way, right. Just full acoustic guitar and a voice. And, um, you know, we've, you know, we obviously big Nirvana fans, um, like most, most kids our age. Right. Um, and he just pulled out the guitar one day and played the song and, you know, we recorded it, you know, just really sounded good. And, uh, we decided to tack that on there and, and, um, you know, yeah, well, it's, a, it's a an, something to listen to. So sure. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is an awesome collection. So it is a disclaimer, the deluxe edition. Um, make sure you go out there and pick it up. Just you use their, their main homepage, which is Google. If you go to Google and type in see there, you'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I know there's a website, whatever, but yeah, I know, I know you band gotta, guys yeah, never know it. So I'll just com. say Google. <laughs> Yeah, see Okay, out. well, that's easy <laughs> enough. See Go out there, get it, order it today. It'll be in your mailbox on the 20th of January. It'd be the perfect way to start the new year. And I'll tell you what, Dale, I figured we would wrap this up with fake it since you mentioned it. And um yeah. and um to to wrap it up, you obviously had a video with this one. Tell us a little bit about this to wrap it up. Uh yeah, fake it. That video was a lot of fun to shoot. Um Number one, we, we had a bunch of really pretty girls dancing around and, and doing the thing. So that that, that was that was a lot, of fun. a lot of fun for a young uh, for, for a young band. Um, but no, it, it was just fun. You know, we we got to like do something a little goofy. You know, um, it's so easy to fall in that we're rock band and we're pensive and, and serious and badass and you know angry and mean you know and, and all that stuff and um and fake it was a, a chance to kind of do something a little funny a little tiny cheek um and show that we're not that serious of people you know in a you know in our personal lives you know even though a lot of the music might might be serious it's um you know it's almost like that music is a way to get that out of your system so you can you know so you can kind of goof off and 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 you know, be a little bit uh, more lighthearted right um, after you've got that all out of your system. But um, yeah, it was just a fun one. It's it's kind of funny, a little goofy, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorite videos that, that we did. Uh, uh, you know, something completely different. But um, I, I like I, I probably like it because it, it does stand out. All right, amongst the videos, yeah. Awesome. Well, let's check it out right now. It is fake. It is cool. Seether. New release, a disclaimer, out on January 20th in physical form, out now on your streaming services. Go stream it and stream it a million times until you get to buy it and then buy it. How's that? I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, Dale, thanks so much for joining thanks, us here man. on Chris Aiken Presents, man. We really no appreciate problem, your time, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's nice All right, brother. Take care, man. You too, brother.
All right, bye-bye. <laughs>